Good morning, Five Stripe Faithful. Welcome to another episode of ATLN's United Podcast. I'm Blake the Marshman, joined always by my glorious co-host, ATL Joe. And we are live from Five Stripe Studio, deep below Mercedes-Benz, deep below the turf, deep, deep below Megatron's sphincter. So deep. Joe... I'm excited about this Five Stripe Friday because it is also a game day, and we're playing Orlando City in their kitty cat house. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for letting us borrow your ears. Stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one. Guys, remember to give us five stripes, five stars. Five stars for the five stripes? Five stars for the five stripes. That'll work. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in each and every week to hear Joe and I ramble about everyone's favorite club. Hey, we got a lot of news going around Atlanta. I know it's game day. I know everyone is ready to get done with work. They're ready to get to the bar. They're ready to get to their watch party. They're ready to get to... I would suggest Brew House and Little Five, but they're ready to go and get behind the team. This is a beautiful Five Stripe Friday. It's rare that we ever have a game day Five Stripe Friday. So I expect everyone at work today to be wearing their Five Stripe gear, waving your Five Stripe flags, putting those little car flags on your car. Have you seen those around town, Joe? Yeah, I've got one on my own car. Five Stripe car flags. It's beautiful. It's taking over the city. Flags out. Scarves up. Let's win one tonight, guys. Uh, we also got Grant Park Summer Shade Festival. I love Grant Park. Great little community. Have you ever been to Summer Shade before, Joe? No, uh, I haven't been to the Summer Shade Festival, and it's kind of sad because I lived in Grant Park for a little over a year. Yeah, I think Brit's band uh, actually played there last year, our, our, our producer, and, and it's a really fun festival. So if you guys got some time, obviously we play on Friday all weekend. You're going to have lots of stuff to do around Atlanta after the game. we got some good soccer matches coming on over the weekend. But at the same time, I think it's a great time to get out in the city. Hopefully we have some good weather this weekend and really just enjoy Atlanta. Yeah, we also got German Beer Fest yeah. at Woodruff Park. Come out. You can go out and authentic German food and beers. Beers. It's kind of like uh, every day at Der Beer Garden. I would actually have preferred them to hold this off for a couple weeks for the true start of Oktoberfest, mid-September. You've actually been for Oktoberfest in Germany, right? Yeah, Joe? 2015. Went to Oktoberfest in Munich. Ah, uh, that's a what a, And if you haven't made that trek, I suggest... Have you ever made that trek? No, that's a bucket list item is what I was about You've to say. You've got to I go. Would love, I would love to get up there. Always starts mid-September and leads all the way up and ends the first week of October first few days of October it ends which is kind of ironic that it's not in October yeah I mean I've been to Helen Georgia for their version of Oktoberfest and I got one of the little Alpen hats and I got a little pin that says Helen Georgia Oktoberfest but I feel like that was a very Americanized version of the holiday I almost feel like I did a disservice to the entire Oktoberfest by even attending that. Well, Helen George is a nice yeah, town, though. A true German would either spit on you or punch you in the face if you told him you went to that Oktoberfest. But it's still a fun time to go out and drink beer and have a good time, so I'm not arguing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's probably the same way that German football fans view MLS soccer. When we call it soccer, they'd probably like to punch you in the face. Maybe not spit on you. But I don't, I don't know if soccer is a really cool term over there in Germany. Well, I challenge any of them to take on Atlanta United, and I've got my money on my team. Wow. Any German team? Yes. Bayern Munich? Yes. Wow. That is borderline fandom mixed with delusion. I love it. I think we take Bayern Munich without a doubt. Uh, LGP became a dad on Tuesday night. This is big news because... We have an academy system now. 
So I say we just go ahead and funnel him directly into the Atlanta United Academy. Well, that would work if it was a him, but it's not. It's oh. a girl. Dang it. I should have done my research. Babies are just babies to me. I really feel terrible. Like, I just, it's like baby. I always call babies it's, and it's really a bad thing. I got to work on it. I got to make sure I know the gender, and then I, that I you know, recognize that moving but, forward. Hey, congratulations, LGP, and your lovely daughter, and maybe... By the time she's of age to start playing in an academy, we will have an NWSL team in Atlanta, and then she could be a homegrown female player. Let's talk about babies a little more. Joseph Martinez scored another goal this week, and after he scored, we'll get to more about Joseph and his gamesmanship. He put the ball under his jersey like he was pregnant. Sometimes that symbolizes there's a baby on the way. Was he giving a shout-out to LGP, or is that has Joseph got a kid on the way? Oh, man, I don't know. I think he was just putting the ball under it. He, he was just doing a new celebration. I don't know. I've seen that before in other leagues. Sometimes that might mean there's a baby on the way. If Joseph Martinez has a son, then hopefully we could get him directly into the academy. Maybe that, that would be a better option. Well, I don't believe Joseph Martinez is married uh, last time I checked. So it's n- still not out of the realm of possibility that he has a kid on the way. But he doesn't have a wife, and a lot of times... If you have a wife, that means that's the traditional steps. I don't know what I'm saying. Continue on. Yes. So, Joseph, hopefully you're uh, not having a child, I guess. But if you do, we'd love to get him in the academy system. Uh, but Joseph is on record watch this week. He's killing it. That's the big story, the big news of the week. We got a chance to go into this Orlando game, and he can break records on records on records, many of which he sets himself. If he scores again, he breaks the all-time MLS single-season goal-scoring record. Insane. And he's still on pace to break the most consecutive games with a goal set last year by Diego Valeri. So continue that streak against Orlando Crappy, and it'll be all good. He is single-handedly breaking all the records this year. If he comes back next year, he might be bored with records because he already owns them all, and maybe we'll just... We'll just win every game with Joseph Martinez going for new records. Like, how many assists can he get? Or how many tackles can he get for a forward? Or I mean, he's going to get bored eventually setting all these records. Or he, he can just break his own records. Well, he's already tripled the amount of assists he got last year. So that, that's another tweak to his game that he's made this season. Yeah. Had he's one. got an incredible three assists. Had one again over the weekend. Yeah. Passing it off to his best friend in BFFL. Miggy. Miggy, I wish Miggy was my best friend. That'd be a nice best friend to have. I feel like it'd be it'd be a great best friend. He just seems like such a genuinely nice, happy guy. Just always smiling. Always smiling. Wants the best out of you. Wants to come over and play FIFA with me. Oh, well, one can dream. Uh, Tito Vijaba. Vijaba! Vijaba! He's flying down the wing, and he made Team of the Week. Honestly, he was just on the bench of Team of the Week. I thought he might have had the best goal in that game. It was a fantastic goal. It broke the deadlock. It put us up 2-1. It sent the supporters section into pandemonium. We'll get more in a breakdown of our goals in the recap, but exciting to see Tito's name in there. It's been Joseph on there all week. Tito battled injuries a little bit this year. It's just good to see him back. It looks like he's hitting top gear right when we need him. Yeah, and that's wonderful, especially heading into what the big news this week. We are in rivalry week, so we're playing Orlando City. You got the New York Red Bull faced off against New York City. You got New York Red Bull is going to go on and carry on another tough game against DC United. You got El Cla- or sorry, Trafico. El Trafico. We'll see Zlatan Ibrahimovic possibly rip off his shirt again. That'd be and, exciting. And then uh, Cascadia. Uh, you got Portland versus Seattle, and Portland has been on just a tailspin of losses. They've lost. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've lost three in a row. Going into their biggest rivalry game, and now they're on the outside looking into playoffs. And Seattle's been on a tear heading up the standings. Yeah, so that's another good game to possibly watch if you want to watch some other stuff in MLS. The real story is to watch the real team, yours truly, on Five Stripe Friday. And there have been some good rumors on the injury bug. Blake, can you tell me who's hurting? Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. Hey, injuries. Love talking about injuries every week because it's always negative. Normally. But, Joe, we have great news this week in terms of two key franchise players that the front office invested in at the beginning of the year. Both these guys. Garza, we had him on loan last year. 
we decided to sign him to a contract, bring him back. He wanted to be an integral part of Tata's system. Battles injury again this year, but Greg Garza has been spotted back running in practice. Obviously, it's a shoulder injury, but it's good to see he's working on his fitness. Darlington Nagby is the other player with great, great strides. Nagbino. Nagbino. Darlington, we've missed you. I cannot wait to see him in the midfield, back healthy again, playing alongside some of our new acquisitions like Eric Rometty. And he is honestly on a really good track to return definitely for the MLS playoffs. So according to Tata Martino, this is from the AJC, Nagby should, Garza could return by the MLS playoffs. So I think what he's saying is Nagby should, unless he has a setback, return by the playoffs. Garza is a little bit more of a question mark. And rightfully so. They're going to be a little more cautious with Greg Garza and just the type of injury he hurt. And it's a shoulder again that he had last season. So if they rush him back into play, he could easily re-injure it. And then he's out for a long extended period of time. And there's going to be a lot of stuff. They're going to take it easy and be, take the cautious route with Garza because if he re-injures it and he's out for playoffs, if we qualify for Champions League, which will get kicked off right away, then we're not going to have Garza. And that's kind of their setting their sights high. If they're going to risk bringing Garza back early and not have him for Champions League, they don't want to do that. Yeah, more on that later, but CONCACAF Champions League is definitely something we have to be aware of. If, if we qualify, then we get thrown right into it, and, and we have to have players healthy, for yeah. sure. And so Nagby, though, is, is a very good deal. He got injured on, was it July 24th? June 24th. June the 24th. Which, in his initial sentence was two to three months and, and we are right at that two month exactly yeah. two months the 24th of august so, but if i were to guess if i were a betting man i would bet that nagby doesn't come back into the 18 or at least into the 11 until we get back from this four game road trip we're about to be on because we're right at two months give it one more month of training with the team maybe you see him on the 18 maybe he gets a couple games down the road against dc yeah or whatnot but it's going to be a tough trip. We got a month of games, and we have three games within one week of each other. So you don't might not want to put them in and against a strenuous situation. But then you can get them in right when we come back at home against RSL. He's got a couple of games to get fit before playoffs, and we can really see who our best eleven is going to be. Maybe we'll talk about that during Tata's tactics. Yeah, and it's hard to believe that we are we are almost a full month. We do not play again until September twenty second at home. Like you talked about, this road stretch is going to be a huge test for our team because the road has been a strength this year. Let's just hope that the injuries uh, don't actually in any way affect this road stretch. And I really think the core players we have, even without Nagby and without Garza, are playing excellently together. And and hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on your wooden hammer, as always, Joe. We're done with injuries this year, and all I'm going to talk about for every injury report from now until the end of the season is just how everyone's getting better. Let's talk about a few players before I get off of injuries that are just done for the, for the year. Zizzo, Ambrose, both had knee operations. We're not going to see them again this year. That's 100%. Let's talk about one guy that kind of popped up on the injury report, which was really interesting timing with Barco returning to the 18. Brandon Vasquez is questionable day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. What do you think this injury could be to, Joe? It could be to his ego. (laughs) Vasquez heard Barco was making the 18, and I hope it's not the case. I hope he didn't go off and throw a tantrum, and then Tata kicked him out. It's probably nothing. That was just a joke, guys. He probably just tweaked something, rolled an ankle, or maybe even got got the flu, got sick. Who knows? Maybe there's another twist to the drama. You know, the people that followed us with our, our TMZ specials with the Barco drama. And we can talk about him now that he's back. We swore not to until he played again. But uh, maybe Barco injured him in training. Wouldn't that be the ultimate twist to to the tale? Like Barco <laughs> comes in hard on a tackle. <laughs> that would be <laughs> interesting. day to day. Okay, maybe I'm speculating a little bit too much. I've uh, digressed here. Enough with injuries. Let's recap that last win. What a good win it was. We won 3-1 to one at Woo! home. Woo! Another game against Columbus, and Atlanta comes out looking like a complete team. And it, it was just 
such a good feeling to get another win at home, especially with our struggles of tying and a couple of our losses being at home. People have been worried about our home form. It's I just mean, good to get justifiably so. Justifiably so. We have played very poorly this year at home in comparison to last year. Yeah, so it was a good feeling to get that win. We had three killer goals, all with the left foot, by the way. That's pretty impressive. Joseph Martinez ties the the scoring record with 27 and Tito Vizalba gets his own take it by himself and then Miggy finally scores after what was it I felt like over a month long of a drought for him so that was was wonderful yeah it was a fantastic game yeah and uh you know Tito Vizalba's goal it was incredible the fact that he rewind 30 seconds before he scored he had the same type of situation where he had the break. He coming down the right side, which was a great tactical move, putting him on the right, winning a fast break, getting close to the box, slows it down, looking up for the assist or the pass, and just gives the ball away. And everyone was just so just upset at him. And then 30 seconds later, he gets the same opportunity, and he's like, screw this, I'm going to take it myself, and weaves between three players, passes up the chance to give a pass to Joseph, and then slots it with his left foot across the face of goal into the other side. That was a wonderful goal. Well, the thing about that goal, and you pointed it out, he did pass up a chance to pass to Joseph, but once again, Joseph Martinez is showing time and time again that he's becoming more and more of a team player. Joseph made a, a little run during that goal that pulled a couple of defenders just for a second. They laid off a T thinking that he might give the ball up that allowed him to continue that run to the left it got him the step he needed he was able to put away a beautiful finish with the left foot right into the corner you couldn't have drawn it up any better he was running at just a perfect diagonal angle down the field a fantastic goal from Tito it was was great to see him and Miggy really finish with confidence they all three goals were with the left foot only Miggy is naturally left-footed but obviously, with Miggy's finishing troubles, it was fantastic to see him get on the scoreboard. I thought our second half play was was great, and I, I couldn't have been happier with this win, Joe. I, it came at a crucial time in the Supporter Shield race for us. It came at a crucial time in the playoff race for us. And going into a road trip, the last thing we wanted was another draw or loss at home. I just think this gives us great momentum heading into this road trip. And on top of that, we won by two goals. You know, the three, the third goal gave us another point differential in goal difference, which could be a tiebreaker at the end of the year. You never know. So all of those cushions are good. And that third goal was Joseph Martinez getting a ball in an attacking position, deciding to hold up, turn around, and pass to Miguel Amaron, who finishes. And just before that, the guy who fed the ball into Joseph was Tito Vajalba on the right wing again, playing a ball through two defenders, a wonderful pinpoint pass. And then Joseph Martinez showing that he's unselfish and passing it to what he thought was a better option to Miguel Almiron. And Almiron finally finishes. What a wonderful play. So this has just got us on all highs about to go into this long road trip. It, It couldn't have ended any better. Yeah, and I mean, I think we have to hit on a few more things before we finish up recapping this game, Joe. Obviously, we set out to crush the crew. We crushed the crew. Some guy came back into the fold, he who shall not be named from previous episodes. He has been shunned from our team, and he comes back in, and I can't hit on this fact enough. Barco came in and played well. We'll get to it a little bit more tactically later how that formation switch affected our play but once again we got two goals in quick succession with the fearsome foursome that we thought was going to really lead our team this year we once again got to see joseph miggy tito and barco and the attacking four and it changed the game, in my opinion, having those four guys <laughs> running at a defense. If you even break it down, I uh, saw a couple of wonderful tweets this week, and it was with Tito Vijalba, uh, Tito Vijalba, Miguel Amaron, and Joseph Martinez calling them the three Migos. <laughs> and that would be awesome if we could go ahead and get a chant based off a Migos song and then start doing it based on our three Migos of our own. You think we could do something off of like Bad and Bougie? Red, Black, and Bougie? Keep going. Scoring goals with my Bootsy. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Uh, I cook my wins in the bins. 
<laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop We're right gonna there. Work on Maybe it. we'll go work on it right now. Better down chance. Come back with um, a better chance. Yeah, I'm not much of a hip hop artist. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. It was Did just I a little bit of fun. Hip hop artist. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Barco came back with his first appearance, and he takes off Gressel, who Gressel had the assist earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Wonderful play by Gressel. Yeah, Gressel so, proving his versatility once again. Gresselmania. Always playing well. I still think he he can he is such a versatile player. He literally could play anywhere on the field except for goalie and center back. I really believe that. Maybe striker, but I would I would slot Gressel anywhere on the field. I'd put him in the midfield. I'd put him on the wing. I think he can play defensive back. He's proven it as as a right wing back in that three back formation. So I, I honestly think Gressel is the Swiss Army knife of our team. He's the most versatile player without a doubt. And speaking of versatile players and underrated players, Eric Rometty coming in, he, this guy is playing out of his mind. He's killing it. Yeah, it, it, that's great. I can't argue with you at all during both those points. Gressel is totally the utility knife on our team, and we could put him in any spot. But this signing of Eric Rometty has been amazing. He's come in. He's looking like... My favorite player from last year, old Carmona. And he looks just like a younger, possibly, this is a tough point for me to say better player, but he's right there, equal level. And the fact that he's younger and has room to grow, he could easily grow in to be a better player than old Carmona. So this is such a good signing. I'm really excited to possibly see the Remedi and Nagbino versatility between the two of them Uh, I think that's going to be a wonderful connection and just the depth that we're going to have once we get these players back into the fold the fact that you can rest Lorenowitz or even if Rometty needs a little break and is so being pushed into action put him in there and Nagby if he's getting tired coming back from injury there's a triple rotation and all three of those guys can kind of play the same positions it's it's wonderful it's not a bad problem to have at all yeah, so the I mean the only weak part right now would be our left and right back situation. But with the depth in our midfield, we can kind of shift and tweak our our lineup with three in the back, four in the back and kind of go with the flow and maybe even try Gressel in different positions like right back. Yeah. It, it's a wonderful thing to have. Yeah. So this was just a wonderful Wonderful week. Wonderful like, game. Let's talk about, really briefly, before we move on, I, the Mad Hatter Tifo was fantastic. So props, I'm not sure the artist or what supporters group was behind that Joseph Martinez is the Mad Hatter, but that was fantastic. I thought the effort from the supporters section, from the uh, you know the Capos leading the chance, the energy of the supporters groups, I can't hit on it enough. It was crucial in this game. We haven't always brought it at all times this year. I still think the supporters section could be more involved other than just that center middle section. But the flags were flying. The fans were into the game. And I think that second half wave was spurred on by our fan support. So thank you to all the Five Stripe faithful that were there. Thank you for everyone yelling behind your TV if you weren't there. I really think we helped the team push through and get over the hump this game, breaking that 1-1 deadlock. So big shout out to number 17. As always, Joe. This is a great time for Atlanta United. I need a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. And this week, I'm dedicating this beer to Ezekiel Barco finally getting back into our lineup. I don't care what you did in the past. The past is the past. Now it's time to help Atlanta United win some trophies, win some silverware. And we got you a beer this week. It's called Whatever Floats Your Boat, Hazy River IPL. Whatever Floats Your Barco. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that translates in Spanish, but I'm going to give it a shot. Lo coi flote tu barco. Beautiful. As always, thank you to our Spanish listeners, and, and thank you to Joe for translating. Uh, this is a brewery out of Sandy Springs, Georgia. Pontoon Brewing. Uh, this is an IPL, a hazy river. It's uh, shoot the hooch time of year, and the, the Chattahoochee is getting more and more hazy. So if, I guess you guys could grab one of these flowing down the river, too. Let's spike it in, Joe. Let's spike it in for you, Barco. Get us a goal this week. A-T-L. We got another Joe. popper. That's great. Uh, but popped it home. That's, that's it's great. an IPL, which would be an India Pale Lager. 
It's yeah. a little different style than that IPA or a pale ale. Yeah. Hey, this is this is a really tasty beer. Honestly, it's a nice smooth drink as well. And it it's the last one that we might be able to do for Float the Hooch season as it's transitioning into September and getting closer to possibly doing some Oktoberfest beers. And it's a wonderful transition to go from the hoppy or the fruity into kind of a relaxed lager, a beer that you could drink all day long. Another great tailgating beer if you're looking for something that you can crush multiple beers before you go into the game. Yeah, and this is honestly this place didn't break ground on you know brick and mortar facility until late 2016 they just opened up their doors in december of 2017 so pontoon brewing uh, you know didn't really open up in sandy springs until this january you guys go check out this brewery i've personally never been there i want to go after trying this beer they got some great beers looks like they got some great people behind the beer and it's always cool if you get on their website pontoonbrewing.com to check out the stories of the people so if you guys love beer love hearing about the people that make it love keeping it local pontoon brewing check them out uh we're gonna keep drinking this ipl joe i think everyone on this five stripe friday is tired of talking about the past you mentioned that Barco has to let the past be the past. Let's talk about the future. Let's get hyped for tonight. It's time for the Orlando City Preview. Orlando City Preview. That's right. We're going back to the Orlando, where everyone in the city loves to fill their stadium with trash. Throw it Upon on the field. trash. Trash Lando in Orlando. That, that should actually be what they rename their stadium. You know. Thank you, fans, for attending tonight's game in Trash Lando here at, you know, the home of Mickey Mouse and Trash. Upon exiting after another loss to yet Atlanta United, please throw all your trash onto the field in rage. And then maybe Mickey Mouse will come out in some Zamboni-like cleaning device driving around on their field picking up all their trash. Maybe yeah, except for Mickey it. Mouse will throw off his head and it'll be Will Johnson and he won't be able to get the head off that much because his head's about to explode from yelling at a ref for a fake foul anyways. Yeah, and I digress. Yeah, we, we, we've been digressing for quite a while. We're really <laughs> excited about the game tonight. We're not putting our words together quite quite as well as we would want to. But at the same time, we're headed back to Trash Lando. We're playing them on a Friday night. Last time we played in Orlando on a Friday night, we all remember it. Tito Vijaba, the Lion Tamer. Scored, arguably, our best goal in our club's history. At the end, the dying ember of the game in a 0-0 draw. Tito strikes. The strike heard around Disney World. The strike heard all the way back to the A. And I've never seen bars in Atlanta lose it more than when that goal went in. It was incredible, and I can't wait to see another strike like that. And it's rivalry week but now everyone's begging after we forced this rivalry upon ourselves against Orlando. Is this really even a rivalry? The fact that Atlanta has beaten them every time they play in Orlando. And Orlando has yet to even demolish that record. It's not It's not really working out for them. What do you think, Blake? I think that rivalries can exist without one team winning. I think it just creates a little bit more bitterness. Uh, at the same time, you have to admit... Orlando's pushed us to our limits in several games we've played. We've drawn them several times. We haven't just, like, beat them every single game we've played Orlando. And their fans and their players get fired up for this one. I am nervous about this game because it's just, it's a big game. It's ESPN. It's a Friday night. The whole world's going to be watching. This is the MLS game of the night. And everyone's going into it saying, oh, just write it off. Atlanta's already won. So I think we need to go into it. Not make a mockery of Orlando until we beat them again. Then we can mock them. Then we can joke about it not being a rivalry. Let's finish them off for the second straight year, get through two years of existence without losing to Orlando. And then I think at that point, we can say, eh, maybe year three, this isn't a rivalry. Maybe you guys should, you know, find a new rival. I hear Miami's getting a team. Yeah, well, I don't know about this, Blake. I am feeling ultimately and very confident in this game. I have have no doubt in my mind that Atlanta is going to go into the Orlando and get three points. Wow. 
I don't even care about your superstitions or anything. It's going to happen. They've got Yoshi Yatoon, who's been one of their backbones when he's playing on their team. He's not playing this week. Uh, they're missing Iguain as well. They are not looking like they're a team that can even put up points when they've got those. Or I said Iguain. I meant Higuita. Higuita. Uh, but uh, they're a team that's just, just not putting it together all season. So, uh, interestingly enough, and this is just hilarious to me, Orlando has, since they come into the league, consecutively dropped points each year and has gotten worse and worse and worse. Because you know, they started in 2015 as a franchise team. Yeah. And they put up a solid, respectable 44 points that, and still missed the playoffs. The next year got a little worse, going 41. And then last year, when they started off so strong and hot, thinking they were going to be a good team, just fell off the rails with a 39 points. And what are they? What are they on pace for this year, Joe? So it's incredible right now. They're at a low 20s points at the moment. They're on pace to only reach 33 points, and that's if they can somehow manage to average one point a game for here on out. <laughs> It blows my mind. It's really pathetic, but the fact that it's Trash Lando is hilarious to me. The funniest thing about playing Orlando and the fact that, obviously, we kind of fabricated this rivalry, our front office egged it on. Our front office keeps egging it on. If you guys haven't been on Instagram recently, I'm not a huge Instagram guy myself, but I checked the Atlanta United Instagram. There is even a caption put out by the front office that is Super Martino World. And it is like a Super Mario World. I don't know if you've seen it, Joe. If not, you have to check it after the game. Like, version of Atlanta destroying Orlando City. At the very end, the boss is like a cat dressed in purple. Mario kills the cat with a soccer ball and then jumps on the flag (laughs) at the end of the level. And the flag, the Atlanta United flag, goes through the top of the Disney castle. Oh, that's hilarious. Ultimate (laughs) troll job. But our front office is buying into the rivalry. It's hilarious. He even got that did it, did it, did it, and it reminded me of Super Mario, Super Mario. Whatever happened to Super Mario? Do you think we'll even see him? We mentioned Brandon Vasquez's day to day. I thought we'd kind of bring this in the preview. Joseph Martinez is playing a lot of games, getting a lot of minutes. Do you think Romario kind of takes over that backup striker? Just something to keep in mind as we go into more of a tactical discussion, because Vasquez has been actually kind of our backup striker. Yeah, and that's something we can talk about in a little bit when we get to tactics. But I did want to bring up, since you were talking about that social media and the Instagram that we put up, another thing I like to do when I'm scouting other teams is I kind of like to peek over towards the other team's social media. And the funniest thing I saw this week All over Orlando City, their media on Facebook, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or even their own SB Nation network, they were throwing out articles and hype videos and and hype comments about how Orlando has a big game this week or how Orlando still could make the playoffs, which is laughable. And then you go down and read the comments of each video they put out, and it's not Atlanta fans going in and commenting. It's their own Orlando City fans typing in and asking, like, beat Atlanta? Are you kidding me? We'll be lucky if we get out without, without them scoring four goals on us. Or, like, make the playoffs. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I live in a dreamland, too. Those are real comments that their own fans are putting up there. And it's just hilarious that Orlando's fans are just straight giving up on their team. Well, it's even funnier. Obviously, you know, SB Nation has groups like Dirty South Soccer for Atlanta at, you know, for Orlando, it's it's called the Mainland, like M-A-N-E, like a lion's mane uh, or, or, or a cat's mane or kitty's mane or whatever you want to call it. But they have an article that is a fan post on the Orlando fan site that's like, really? People are saying we still have a chance at the playoffs? That's that's the title. This is an article. This isn't just a random Twitter or Instagram post. This is like an official article saying that it's pretty much impossible for Orlando to make the playoffs. They don't know what people are talking about. And uh, I believe 538, I'm sure you've heard of them before. They're one of the best prediction models right now out there in terms of just any sport in the world who's really doing well. They use a bunch of different metrics, very involved with kind of Vegas odds and things like that. But 
The math geeks out there have put Orlando's chances right now in making the playoffs between 3% and 4%. So there is a 96 to 97% chance Orlando's not going to make the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see if their fans even show up tonight, considering they only have a 3% shot at getting a playoff spot. What do you think, Joe? Is it even going to be a packed house? Uh, I think there has a good chance of being more Atlanta United fans there than Orlando City fans, which would be wonderful. Well, they might throw us all out before the game even starts. So we got to be careful about that. You well, know but- how, how hostile their security <laughs> got last game. Yeah, well, like, let's break down how Atlanta may play against, the, against Orlando. Let's go to Tata's tactics. Oh, yeah. Really quick, Joe, before we get into a tactical debate about Orlando versus the Five Stripes, I wanted to hit on a special section, and this is a shout-out to anyone on the Atlanta United subreddit. I know we have a lot of listeners from there. I check it frequently just to catch up on the different sources of Atlanta United news. There was a fantastic breakdown today of our jersey form. A lot of debate out there about, well, King Peach. Are we pushing King Peach because we're just trying to get more jersey sales? Why do we keep using the King Peach jersey at home? Which I'll go on the record and say I disagree with. I think we should wear the home jersey at home and the road jersey on the road, unless it's just totally conflicting colors. Here's some interesting stats for you. Five wins, two losses, and five draws in our five-stripe home jersey. We have nine wins, two losses, and only one draw in the King Peach we also threw in the parlay jersey, obviously undefeated 1-0, and but they're not bringing it back, so that'll probably be our best winning percentage jersey of all time. Do you think we should rock King Peach or Five Stripes tonight? Because I think we can wear either. Yeah, uh, well, I think the fact that we wear King Peach on the road most of the time and that it's been so good to us we're gonna keep rocking the king peach and it may play hand in hand that our road form has been incredible this season all season long we've been one of the toughest teams on the road to face and king peach jerseys well is there a coincidence there or not i mean this guy even broke know. it down david broke it down into gold diff like we have a plus 14 gold differential with the king peach jerseys there's only a plus eight goal differential with five stripes, plus two goal differential with parlay. But what I'm getting at, stay hot with the King Peach. Like, I, I mean, I'm kind of a superstitious guy. I've already hit on, you know, a little bit of my superstitious tendencies when it comes to game day and previous episodes. So I say we got to rock the King Peach until we lose. We're going on, a, we're going on this road stretch. Let's, let's King Peach it out. Until, until it's not hot anymore. Well, I, I'll ride with it. I, I don't care which jerseys wear as long as we keep our road form up and we keep winning. And the fact that we're coming back into form, I believe it's six games without a loss. And so if we can carry that on to seven and keep it going throughout the rest of the season and going into playoffs, just keep it so hot and make Atlanta just break all sorts of records and win multiple trophies this year. So we're going for we're going for two trophies in a CONCACAF Champions League spot. That is still our target. Tata, thank you for joining us as always as a listener because we know Tata Martino listens. So hopefully you uh, heard the jersey breakdown. And decide accordingly, Tata, even if that's not your decision to make. I know you have influence. So one thing tactically moving on to how we played last game and something I saw tactically that was different in the last game we played versus the game previous to that where we gave up a tie at the very end. And something that was talked about is time wasting and the fact that we've had very tough times closing out games here and there during our the games that we've tied the games that we've lost we've had we've had leads in those games we've had tough time closing it out a lot of last minute goals and it seemed like Tata Martino had a point of emphasis he even had mentioned subtly in a news conference about the fact that he wants his guys to be smarter and tactical about wasting time at the end of games when we have the lead and I thought we did a good job about this even though it's a very it's tough to watch that sometimes if you don't do it right but we saw Brad Guzan get a silly yellow card for wasting time kicking a, a goal kick. But it took him 30 seconds to kick the ball. Then they gave him a yellow card. And then he took another, you know, it took 12 seconds to give the yellow card. And then he kicked the ball right away. But we wasted time. And then Barco goes down hurt. 
quote unquote hurt mm-hmm. and rolls around, drags it out. We had to throw in. It took us another 40 seconds to throw it in. And we really stalled the game out and threw the rhythm off of Columbus during that game. And honestly, if it's bad to watch, if we're up by one or two goals with five minutes to go, I want us to stall the game. And it's very much a South American tactic that has been employed. But not only South American, European teams do it too. It's just something to throw out there to help us get the points that we need. I think there's two sides of the sport. And I think first and foremost, and this gets brought up every major international tournament, this is a miniature rant. There, there are two kinds of ways that soccer or football teams around the globe are judged, Joe. One is style, and the other is results. And I think the teams that are most successful find a way to combine the two. I think Brazil, historically, is a perfect example of combining style and flair, because they're fantastic to watch. Obviously, incredibly skilled players all the time coming from that South American side of what you talked about, but they also know how to win ugly, if you will, near the end of the game, ride a game out, maybe embellish a foul or two, maybe play on the dark art side of the game and make sure that they get the three points. I think some teams play with a lot of flair, but maybe they don't back off at the end and and kill the game out like they should and then i think there's also some very direct teams that you see like maybe like iceland or sweden in this year's previous world cup where they're just straight results or russia even and they knocked out spain they'll let you have all the flair the ball the whole time and they just care about getting the points and then they're just going to clear it every time they get the ball I would like to see us implore that hybrid style of the most successful teams historically of playing with our flair, playing our genuine attacking style, playing really attractive football, if you will, to just watch. But then if we're up a goal or two at the end, yeah, let's waste some time. Let's kick it. Let's kick it 20 rows high. Let's get a yellow card for time wasting. Everyone else does it. We, we, we boo them. But fine, let some other fans boo us. That's fine. Let's win the game. Let's get the three points. Let's keep the ultimate goal in mind. We don't have to play attractive attacking football for all 90 minutes. If we play 88, I've gotten my fix. For that two minutes, if you just want to ride it out, let's kill the game off. Blake, you hit the golden spike right on the head there. And we're (laughs) in total agreement over this. So we got a game coming up against Orlando. And we've kind of employed the same lineup a couple games in a row here. Do you think we stick stick to the four in the back? And do we have Tito Vajalba and Gresselmania flanking each other with Vajalba starting on, on the left side again? Or do you think we bring Barco back into the game now that he's made his debut and it looks like he's back from suspension? I think that Tata has to look at this. And Tata, we know you're listening. You have to ask yourself who has practiced well. We're having a pretty quick turnaround. So we had a Sunday afternoon slash night game. It's Friday. And we've had, what, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to recover. It's a four-day recovery. Not the shortest recovery, but a professional soccer player should be able to handle it. I think your guys that are getting up there in age, you might have to ask the question, is it time we rested Larry? Is it time that we tried a Remedy, Gressel, Almiron midfield? Because I think it could work excellently. Bring Barco back into the fold and bring that fearsome foursome back up at that kind of front four attacking positions with Almiron, obviously the best player in the MLS, possibly of all time, Joseph Martinez, having a season to remember. And then flank it. Tito's looked better on the right wing. I know he can play inverted, but he looked dangerous from the right wing. Bring Barco back in on the left and just let these guys run out of Orlando for 90 minutes. Like that's a very interesting lineup, and I didn't even think of that myself. But the fact that you said, and it might be time to start rotating the older guys. Remember Parkhurst last year got hurt right at the end of the year, and he was bad for playoffs. He didn't start in the playoff game. Yeah. So the fact that we have a chance to maybe move Gressel into the middle like he's played before and that's move Swiss Remedy Army back, knife. that's wonderful. I personally think this game that Tata Martino is going to go with the same lineup that he did to start the game, and I think he's going to start Tito on the right side or left side and 
Gressel on the right side and have Barco on the bench because I do think he likes to have a lightning bolt coming off the bench in the Earlier in the season, when Tito was coming back from injury, he used him as that spark off the bench. But now, with Barco trying to still make his way back onto the team, he's the guy to be that lightning rod coming off the bench and giving us a spark at the end of the game. And so I think it's going to be the same lineup. But it, the fact that everyone's getting healthy again, we might start rotating players and kind of seeing who our choice 11 is. And... Blake, do you have a choice 11 once, let's say, Nagby and Garza are back in the fold? Man, I was really hoping that we would talk about this. Yes, I do. And it's actually exactly the lineup that I mentioned. But as much as I love Gressel, I do think he is the best utility and versatile player on our team. I would actually, our starting lineup, in my opinion, wouldn't have Gressel in it. At full strength. Wow. Yeah. And I think it wouldn't have Larry in it at full strength right now. I think if all players are healthy and in form, our midfield three is Remedy, Nagby, Almiron. Our front three, Barco, Tito, and obviously up Todd Joseph. And then I think our strongest back four would be Escobar at right back, Garza at left back, Parkey, LGP, Brad the Wall and goal. If we started that in a playoff game, I don't think there's a weak spot on the field. I think we would just absolutely massacre them. If we need to bring in some veteran and some utility players late, I can't think of two better bench players out there that I would rather have on my bench if I'm Tata Martino than having Gresselmania. Literally, where do we need a player? Like I said earlier in the show, you can put him anywhere. If we need a wing sub, we could sub in Gressel. If we need a defensive sub, we could potentially sub in Gressel. If we need a midfield sub, we could sub in Gressel. He'd be first off the bench. And Blake, again, you're hitting the golden spike on the head. I love that lineup. On top of that, it gives you a bench player if we're trying to hold close out the game. You can bring on Jeff Lorenowitz, exactly. who has been one of our most solid defensive midfielders and just defensive players all around since we've had a club. So there's two wonderful players. And then you have the all-important Kevin Kratz who's been a sub and it's just contractually obligated to come off the bench and score a free kick in a big game. So there's three wonderful subs. On top of that, you got a couple of other guys that are still trying to prove himself and you still got, he's one of our own, Andrew Carlton in there ready to just eager to get in the game and make a difference. I think if we are at full strength, we've built excellent depth this year and I can't wait to see what our team looks like at full strength. Like I said, knock on your wooden hammer. Injury bug stays away for the rest of the year, and we get to see this team rolling into playoffs, hopefully with the Supporters' Shield trophy in hand. And let's talk about the Supporters' Shield for a little while here, Joe. Obviously, we've talked about rivalry week. Let's talk about our two main rivals, New York and New York. New York City and New York Red Bulls We've mentioned it. They've been up at the top of the standings, battling it out. There's a pretty big gap there with us beating the crew, at least in the East. The crew is nowhere near us at this point. They're in fourth. It is a three-horse race, honestly, not just for the Eastern Conference, but for the entire Supporters' Shield. And based off of what you've seen, I know that we still have one more game against the Red Bulls. We're done playing NYCFC. Who would you say right now, I guess what I'm getting at is I think this is leading up to a winner-takes-all match against the Red Bulls when we play at New York. Obviously, they drew on Wednesday night. It was a crazy game against NYCFC, if you guys missed it. Two red cards for NYCFC. Afori and Aloy. Aloy's, I think it was his first game in the MLS. <laughs> he gets a red card. That game ends up drawing. They make some changes at halftime. David Villa gets a second-half goal. Oh, David Villa. And full-time 1-1 at NYCFC. So the Red Bulls have dropped points again. So we're both at 25 games played. They're still at a 22-goal diff. We're at a 24-goal diff. They are two points back. So we're level at games played. They're at 49 points. We're at 51 points. NYCFC's at 48 points. So they are, they're a full game played in front of us so they have a game in hand and they're still three points back 
So, or they played a game more than us, and they're three points back. So NYCFC is kind of dropping off. This was a best-case scenario for us. It was a win-win. NYCFC gets two red cards, so they're going to have players suspended. The Red Bulls don't pick up three points, so they don't close the gap on us. And now the Red Bulls have a really tough trip coming up where they could drop more points because they're playing the red, red hot team from our capital. DC United has been on fire. What do you think about all this, Joe? I think it's the stars are aligning. If we can keep our road form, we should take that supporter shield home. It's playing right into our hands. Now Atlanta United is tasked with taking care of business. Take care of their own business. You've got these wonderful two players, especially with Nagby, who's right on the verge of breaking the lineup again, and Atlanta's rounding off into really good form. If they can close out the season and with nine games left, it really only takes maybe six wins and we'll clinch it. Uh, Maybe even five, but I think we can close out getting seven or eight wins, maybe even running the table, dare I say, and getting those nine wins and shattering records. But all we have to do is take care of business, beat the teams we're better than, and then go into New York with a chance at really clinching the series, clinching the shield with a couple games to go. So this is wonderful news. And then on top of all of that, with New York City faltering as of late and falling off the standings, and everyone or a lot of people know the CONCACAF Champions League is that aggregate, that final spot is the aggregate of 2017 and 18. Yeah. And we just jumped, I believe it's four points clear of New York City with nine games to go. If we can keep our distance between New York City we will be playing international soccer we will have a chance at winning the supporter shield and we can go and win the crapshoot of the MLS playoffs this is what we built the team for and I am so excited ready to drink a beer with my five stripes faithful and I might do as I always do if Atlanta it's Friday it's rowdy it's time to take your shirt off and get party time it's party time five stripe faithful happy five stripe Friday Let's uh, let's go into Trashlando, take care of business in Disney World. We're uh, we're gonna have fun watching with you guys tonight. Wherever you're watching, let's have a good time. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, Joe. Five stripes don't stop.